0: called love like Jesus and we really want you to know we we think that God wants us to love like him we think that God wants us to be like him we think God wants to imitate him the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter Ephesians chapter 5 we're, we're called to be imitators we're actually supposed to be copycatters of Jesus so we're actually spending the next four weeks learning about what it what did Jesus look like what does it look like to love like Jesus and it sounds impossible you're like well that's a tall order to love like Jesus I know it is but it's a goal and here's what we believe. If you, if, you, if you aim low and you miss low, you're gonna be really low. But if you aim high and you shoot high, you have high goals, then you miss by a little bit and you're gonna be okay. And so we just believe that we ought to love people like Jesus, and so last week we ended with this idea that Jesus loves all people at all times in all places, and we got that from Scripture. That's our mission statement. People come all the time to our church. Hey, I visited your website. The first thing they see is Jesus loves at all time, or we love all people at all times in all places, and we got that from the Bible. We got that from God's word. He wants us to love people like he did and and he pursues us he all the time he was before you were a follower of Jesus or maybe you're here today you don't know why you're here it's because Jesus is pursuing you he actually he actually wants you and I was at a camp in Texas a few weeks ago and I told those kids I had a a sermon that I let them know that Jesus is always watching you it sounds creepy at first but he's always watching you and that's encouraging to know because he's watches because he wants he wants you to know that he's always he's always with us He's always, everywhere we go, there he is. He wants to be with us. He, He actually desires to be with us and be close to us. And when we don't want him to be by us, we don't want him to be with us. He actually is right there. He's right there with us. And so he watches us and he's with us. And he actually wants you. He wants you to turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus wants me, Jesus wants me. And you can turn to your other neighbor. It doesn't matter if you want me or not because Jesus wants me. It really doesn't matter if anybody else wants you. Here's the good news. Jesus wants you. He actually wants you. He wants to be with you. He wants to watch you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to be close with you. He wants you to need him. Sometimes, I, I, if you're honest in here today, you're, if you have kids in here today, I'll, I'll be honest because that's part of my job is to be honest. Um, and it, I'm trying to be honest for everybody else who won't be honest. But sometimes I don't want my kids to need me. I just like, hey, give me a break. Like, I'm glad school starts tomorrow. I'm gonna be I'm gonna drive 30 miles, 30, 30 minutes of the car and drop them off. And as soon as I drop them off and drive back to Winter Garden, I'm gonna be so excited. <laughs> I'm gonna do my happy dance while I'm sitting in the seat. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm so excited about school tomorrow that I got the car cleaned up yesterday. Because I'm like, they're not gonna be with us every waking moment of every day. And I'm sick of cleaning out the Cheerios and the Fruit Loops. And uh, we haven't had Fruit Loops in our house for like two years, but somehow there's two Fruit Loops still in the van. I'm excited. I, I actually, I didn't get the $4 car wash. I got the $10 car wash because I want my wheels to look good because I'm so excited to drive across town. I'm going to pull in this, the parking lot with my wife tomorrow with the nicest looking red minivan. It's going to be clean. And I actually, when I got home, this is how exciting I actually got home. I paid to have the arm roll. I went and got my extra arm roll and I actually tire shine the, the all four cars. And who does that to a red minivan? I don't know, but I do. I'm excited. Sometimes like, man, I, I walk in, they run up to you and they grab me, and I'm like, just, I just got home. Can I just get like a second? Moms, can I get amen? Like, just give me a second to kind of get my mind, my, my mind right, and I'm actually glad to drop them off tomorrow. And I, sometimes I don't want them to need me, but what I like about our God and about our Father is he actually wants us to need him. He actually wants us to, to wanna want him. He actually desires that. He never gets tired of our complaints. He never gets tired of our confessions. He's, he never gets tired of you. And if you're honest in your day, sometimes you get tired of yourself. So isn't it something that Jesus never gets tired of us? <laughs> he never gets tired of us coming to him. And when my mom is going to, to God to need something, the same time I'm going to God to need something, same time Jill's going to God to need something, and Tom's going to need something to God, and he's just listening to all of us. He's totally cool with it. He's t- he never gets tired of it. And it totally blows my mind. But he loves us, and he loves us, and he called us to love other people. And so we're going to look at what it means to love like Jesus. I wrote down this to, last week, we ended also with this idea that loving, loving leads, to, loving people leads to inviting people. Loving people leads to inviting people. And, and we wanna be inviters at this church. We wanna invite other people to come hear the good news of the gospel. That there's a God who loves us unconditionally with all of our screw ups, all of our mess up, God loves us still. And yet we wanna invite everyone we know to come be a part of this thing called following Jesus for people who can hear and they can learn to know, follow, and reflect the character of Jesus. Because we want anyone and everyone can come to this table. And John chapter 13, the Bible tells us that your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. We should love each other. So we're going to change gears today. Here's what I believe. If you're going to love like Jesus... This is gonna be hard for you today. This is gonna be, this is gonna be hard right when it comes to my mouth. I'm actually, I'm actually stalling to share with you what I'm about to say to you. But if you're gonna love like Jesus, you should forgive like Jesus. And it's hard. I, I, I was a youth pastor um, for most of my ministry career. Uh, the first, I did three years at a church in Jacksonville and then I just spent six years at a church here in Orlando and then two years in family ministry and the last two years that we've been planting uh, this church but, um, I preached a sermon series at, when I was a youth pastor in Orlando called The F-Words in the Bible. Because sometimes, if you're honest in here today, forgiveness is like the F-word. We like to be forgiven. You're like, oh, no, no you're too far. Like, we like to be forgiven. Don't, don't get me wrong. We, I want you to forgive me. If I mess up, I want you to forgive me. If I, if I do something stupid, I want my mom to say, it's okay. I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm, I love you. I'm, I'm for you. And I, I had a plan for you. And I want, I want to be forgiven. I want Rick to forgive me. I, I, want, I want Clay to forgive me. I want you to forgive me. But sometimes, if we're honest, it's hard to, to forgive other people. And it wouldn't be awesome if the offenses that we get today, like the ones when we were three and four, wouldn't that be great if they were the same equal weight? The problem is with the forgiveness is that the offenses, they get harder. They get more, they get more invasive. They get more frustrating they get more personal. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about fighting. And he was saying, oh, when we fight, my, my spouse, they don't, they don't fight fair. <laughs> they go for the jugular. They want to they wanna kill me when we fight. You know, like they know all the things that they shouldn't say, and they say them. It's hard. So I'm up here today to tell you I get that forgiving people is hard because the offenses get harder, and they get deeper and more frustrating but if we're going to love like Jesus we're going to have to forgive like Jesus and so Matthew chapter before I get there and maybe in here today and you've been you've been hurt maybe you haven't maybe someone's hurt you and and that's a that's a hard to forgive and so forgiveness is this complex thing and so probably spending just 20 minutes or so left with you guys to unpack forgiveness probably doesn't do it enough justice there's probably enough not enough time but I just want to start the conversation with you today and, and maybe the conversation, I'll start the conversation, but maybe you'll take it with you and maybe you'll continue the conversation with your community group that'll start soon or maybe some of the people that you go to dinner with and or that you have coffee with or that you hang out with on the weekends with. And. So Matthew chapter 18, if you have a, if you have a, a Bible, if not, we'll have them on the screens for you. Matthew chapter 18, we're gonna be in verse 21. And um, this is a very uh, challenging passage in scripture um, uh, for you and I in this area of forgiveness. But Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21 the Bible says this, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me seven, who, I'm sorry, who sins against me seven times? Seven in the Bible is number of completion. So Peter says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive people? Seven times? That sounds like a good number. How many guys would agree? Seven times, that's actually too much. (laughs) That's way too many times. Like you, that's a lot, Peter. Like Peter's like Captain Crazy. Like he's the guy that you know that he he has all the issues and he's running rampant and running wild. But he says, Jesus, how many times should we forgive people? Because I'm actually talking to these guys about forgiveness. Maybe he's writing a sermon. How often should we forgive people? Is seven good, Jesus? I think seven's good, Jesus. The number of completion and and if you're honest in here, I think three strikes and you're out. I think the baseball approach is good. Like three strikes and you're out. Pfft, yeah. I like, I've been watching the Little League World Series. Dinah came in the other day and she goes, I said, honey, you want to watch something else? Because I'm so kind like that. I'm like, you want to watch something else, babe? And, and she's like, oh, that's so nice of you. I said, babe, this is going to be on for two more weeks. Whatever you want to watch, I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> At first it sounded selfless, but I realized I got two more weeks of this thing. And I don't even, I don't even know, it's still, it's still, still soon on, still early on. So I'm like, hey, what do you, you can, you can watch this. What, what do you?" What do you want to watch? And, and I think three times I was watching baseball, three strikes, and those batters, they're out. And it's, it's tough watching a 12-year-old strike out. Their lip starts to pucker. <laughs> I don't mind watching grown adults strike out. Sometimes it's actually fine when they strike out watching because they get mad if, it's, if they think it's a restful. I actually like that. Just, so striking out is it's cool the older you get. And I play baseball. I don't like striking out, but I like people to see people strike out. But I like to see in those little kids, they get so... Sabbath. Three seems like a good number, and he says, hey, Jesus, is seven good? No. Jesus says no, and Jesus always has a longer answer. He goes, no, not seven times, but Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Way too much. I'm like, this is the part where I'm like, all right, we're done. <laughs> Jesus, here's your book back. <laughs> here's your cute little love letter you wrote to us. Like, you're too, it's too much, and Jesus like. And I think Peter's like I, Peter was like, cool, seven sounds good. It's the number of completion. That's what, more else, what else is there? And Jesus is like, 70 times seven. So Peter does quick math. He's like, that's 490. Like, how do you keep track? How do you keep track of 490? Verse 23, of the Bible says, it's therefore the kingdom of God can be compared to, and then he begins to go into a teaching method, okay? So he says, hey, you're supposed to forgive. Hope Church, you're supposed to forgive. If you're gonna love like Jesus, you're gonna have to forgive like Jesus. And he says, and he goes, all right, now let me explain it to you, okay? Let me let me unpack it. It's not seven times. It's not 70 times seven. It's really not 490. It's actually a little bit more than that. It's actually, it's actually a bigger deal than just these numbers that they're given. And Jesus is so much bigger than our numbers that we present to him. Verse 23 says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had, been borrowed, who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed millions of dollars. How many of you know owing oh, someone on a million dollars is not a good thing to do? And if you owe someone millions of dollars, it says here that you gotta, you're going to have to pay that back. That's, that's, that's pretty clear to today. If you owe someone, whether you owe them a dollar or you owe them a million dollars, you need to pay them back. I hate owing people money. This guy was totally fine. Maybe this guy was a business owner. Maybe he was, he was, maybe he was building this, building this, uh, this, this um, mansion or maybe he was building a house or maybe he was building this great kingdom for, for his business or maybe he was expanding his business. I don't know what he was doing, but the Bible says that he, this guy, he actually owed this guy millions of dollars. It goes to show how much the king actually had because the king had millions of dollars to actually own to lend out to just the one guy. I'd have a hard time lending someone 10 bucks. <laughs> This guy loaned one guy millions of dollars. The Bible says this, he couldn't pay. So his, 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 his master, check this, his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Now that's, that's a tall order. Like, hey, you have, Jeff, you have to sell your wife. You're gonna go to jail, you have to sell your wife and sell your two kids. And that's how you're gonna pay back the millions of dollars. That's, that's, cr- that's cruddy. Like I don't mind selling Armando, but I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell my kids. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't mind selling my father-in-law, but I don't want to sell my mother-in-law. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I think she's in charge of the gifts at their house, and so I don't want to mess that up. And I've never seen him make a butternut cake before, but she makes a really good one. You know what I'm saying? And if you haven't had one yet, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But they're really, really good. So I don't. I can't imagine selling somebody. I have I, I, some of you guys that are new. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and I have. Twins that are three. I can imagine selling one of those to twins. I mean, there's two of them, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I just, the one, the daughter, she's demon possessed. And so uh, I don't mind, you know, I've, there's two of them. I, who needs two three year olds? No one needs two three year olds. Sold. She'll take them. And um, thank you, Maggie. You kind of already own them a little bit, so you helped with, with, us uh, so much. But he says, you got to sell everything, you, sell these people, and that's how you're going to pay it back. And this guy obviously is a businessman because he begins to talk this way out of it. <laughs> the man fell down before his master and he begged him, please, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Doesn't see how long he owed the money for. Doesn't say for what period of time. Doesn't say how long it's been since he's paid back. Doesn't see how much the interest was or if all that was interest. But it says here, he says, please, 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 please. The master was filled with pity on him and he released him and he forgave his debt. Oh, that feels good. Just reading that feels good. Like, that's a good story. Like, that's the way you got to, that's when the keyboard player comes up and we just land it. But the story doesn't end there. It would be awesome if it did, because that's a good, that's a good story. That's a good west. That's a good encouraging. When you come to our church, we want you to be encouraged by God's word. And we want you to be inspired to go out and live these lives that God's called you to live in. And we want to help you to find your purpose. And we have this thing called Next Steps. And this week is week two. It's right after church. We want you to find all that God has for you. And we want you to go be all that God's called you to be. And that's encouraging to know that you have all this debt, you have all this baggage, all this issues, and the king says, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna give you some more time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna extend the loan, and we're good to go. Well, that's encouraging, but the story doesn't end there. It keeps on reading. Verse 28, and in my Bible, and, and you don't see it on the screen, but in, in my Bible, these are all red letters. Jesus himself is telling this story. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Plot twist. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. <laughs> what a stinking jerk. What a stinking joke, jerk. If, if Judah has something that hope doesn't want, if Judah has something that Selah wants, she just goes and takes it from him. She's savage. She'll go up right to him and just go, I mean, she'll just tie him around the neck. And she'll like, she'll take it from him. And he just cries like a little girl and takes it or takes like a man. One of the two, those of the two mostly cry like a little girl. And she's like, give it to me. And she's just like, and he's just screaming for dear life. But I'm glad because now he's fighting back. Before she would just come up and just snatch it out of his hand. And he'd be like this. <laughs> just, just like, what do I do now? i like, you got to stand up for yourself. You know, I'm trying to teach him stand up for this. So she goes up and she just grabs him and grabs him right by the neck. This guy's owed all this money owes all this money, he gets a grace period, he gets an extension, goes to the next guy and growls him by the throat and says, where's my money at? We continue to read there. Um, he says here in this 31, I'm sorry, verse 29, his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little bit more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. And you would think this story would repeat because this guy had just experienced Forgiveness and grace, he's going to give it, but it it changes. But his creditor who would not wait, he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Verse 31, some of the servants saw that what had happened, they got upset. They went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man that he had forgiven and he said, you evil servant, I forgave you the tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have the same mercy on the fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart or from your heart total sick story. <laughs> we have great forgiveness and great grace and great extension and great loving and, and great mercy. And we receive that. I and mean, we receive all that. You know, we, all that God has for us, this guy receives or this king receives. He goes to the next guy and says, you don't deserve not even a portion of what I've just been given. Where's my money at? Then you see there, I, I believe in, I really do believe in reaping and sowing if you're, I, I just believe in that, I believe in reaping and sowing. And Some people call it karma, I call it reaping and sowing because the Bible calls reaping and sowing. What you put out, you're gonna receive. If you're a cogity, mean old person, young person, you're gonna, people come around and you're like, man, everyone around me is, is mean, cogity, old person. If you're gracious to people, I, I believe this, people are gonna be gracious, gracious to you. If you're kind to people, they're going to be kind to of you. If you smile at people, you can tell whether or not people are kind not. But just, I just, you know me, I'll wave and smile at everybody. You know, just, hey, how are you? Hey, you know. You're going to reap. I believe in reaping and sowing. I just believe that. When I walk into the gym on, on t- tomorrow morning and I, I say hi to people that I've never met before, in this gym, that I, this CrossFit gym we go to, it's growing. I see people all the time. I'm like, I, I tell you all the all time, I'm like, I don't even know all these people. Where are they coming from? And um, I'm trying to recruit Rob Garman. He's in the third row. Anyways, um, I go and I I see highlights people because I want people to be nice to me. So I want to be nice to people. That kind of just, that kind of makes sense. Maggie's a nice, Maggie's always smiling. Maggie oversees our zero to to four year olds and she's smiling. And if she's smiling, those kids actually want, they actually want to go in there. She's smiling, but she's like this. (laughs) Sometimes you have to tell yourself you're actually happy because your face actually says something different than what's on the inside. You know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta smile anyways. I always smile when I go to school and drop off tomorrow, which I'm going to be super excited about that in case you didn't get that. I'm going, to, I'm going to smile at the crossing guard because that's a cruddy job. Not in a bad way, but it's just like it's hot out there. You got mean people. They don't want to park where you want them to park. They don't want to follow the flow of the traffic. I want to follow the rules because if you follow the rules, the faster you can drop the kids off, the faster I can get out of there. You know what I'm saying? I want to follow the rules. I want to follow the flow of traffic. I want to, I want to smile. If you smile, if you're kind, if you're generous, if you, whatever you, I believe whatever you put out, you are gonna receive. And the Bible says that this man got him by the neck, choked him and said, where's my money at? People that were watching saw it, went and told the king. And the king went and got him and says, bud, I gave you grace. Now I'm going to give you what you actually really do deserve and put him, and put him back in his place. So I want to pack a few ideas about forgiveness for just a few moments with you and a little bit of time that I have left with you. You can kind of put yourself as your, as I'm, I mean, the Bible's alive and I, I believe it, I believe it's alive. I think if you're, if you're here today, you actually can begin to think about in the story, where, where do you fit in at? And whether me asking you to do that or not, whether me saying that you do that or not, you've already been processing whether or not sub, subconsciously, whether you're a forgiver or you're a, a grudge holder, whether you're a forgiver or whether you're bitter or mad or frustrated. And so I want to give you a couple things I think maybe could help you. But just remind in context of this scripture, if you're going to love like Jesus, you're going to have to forgive like Jesus. I want want to give you a couple things about forgiveness. Here's the first one. Don't worry about the other person. Forgiveness frees you. Don't worry about the other person. Forgiveness frees frees you. I've spent a lot of my days, I meet a lot of people who spend a lot of their days and they're still worried and they're still mad and they're still frustrated at the other person. And here's the deal. You can't control whether the, what the other person did. You can't stop what the other person did because it's already happened. It's already in your past. But the reality is this is that you can, you can determine whether or not you're gonna free yourself or not. You can turn that, but we spend so much time worrying about the other person that we never ever ask God forgiveness, or we never ever let them off the hook. We never ever free them. We never ever give them forgiveness. So we obviously, we live in the bondage. And here's what I know. Whenever I've wronged, this may be true for that person. It may not be. I'm I'm speaking hypothetically, but here's what I know for me. If there's ever been a time in my life when I, if I wronged Jeff, I'm going to feel bad about that if I'm a follower of Jesus. But there are some people that they're not going to feel bad about that, but Jeff can't control that or not. If I've wronged Jeff and feel bad for wronging Jeff, if I need to ask Jeff for forgiveness, Jeff can't control that, only I can control that. And you can't control that. That thing that happened to you, that frustration, that, that thing that happened to you that, you that you didn't choose for it to happen to you, but it happened to you, I want you to know this today, that, that you don't have to worry about the other person, forgiveness frees you, they have to live with that. I kind of have this idea too, I don't know, this, is, this, isn't, this probably isn't biblical at all, but I'm kind of like, you're going to get what you get. <laughs> Let's kind of get that. If someone who's, I tell down all the time, I'm like, hey man, you're, you're, we're worried about this. We get so worried about these, these people or this offense. And I'm like, they have to live with that. They have to live with that wrongdoing. Uh, one of the most gracious people, most forgiving people that I know is, is, is my father-in-law. You can, you know, what's that, that saying? Or, you, know, you know, happened to me once, you know, shame on me. Happened to me twice, shame on you. Like it just doesn't, he, he'll let you. If you need someone to offend, you can offend him repeatedly. He's so gracious. Like You're like, why? My, my mom is a gracious person. She's a forgiving person. And there's a lot of you guys in here. Some of you, you're, you're, just, you're a forgiver. And forgiver, forgiving people, sometimes they get tired of forgiving. It's like, oh, I'm going to quit forgiving because they start worrying about the other person. People who forgive don't need to worry about the other person. Don't worry about the other person. Forgiveness, it frees you. And this guy, he walked out of the story. He walked out from his situation to being freed. And instead of embracing his freedom, he went out and attacked somebody else. And sometimes we can get to that place where we actually wanna do the same exact thing. I wrote down this today in my notes. I think it's important for you to know that Jesus didn't spend his days counting the offended. He spent his days looking for people who wanted to be free. Jesus spent his life looking for people who wanted some freedom. I wanted some freedom. You wanted some freedom. Jesus spent his days looking for people who want to be free. Jesus was offended every single day of his life. Did you know that? When you do what's right, people aren't going to like you. It's just reality. If you do the right thing, and and, and sometimes this is bad, sometimes people who are forgivers, they attract people who are abusers. Sometimes. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want want you to know is that if we're going to live like Jesus, we got to, we gotta accept the freedom that God's given us. But you can't be free if you're worried about the other person that offended you. You'll never be free. The people that have hurt me in my past, I don't wake up tomorrow thinking, man, I wonder where that, I wonder where that person is that hurt me three years ago. <laughs> wonder how they're doing. I never do that because I have a life to live. The life that God is intending me to live is a life of freedom. The Bible says the Son has set you free Then live in freedom but we get Jesus and we still live in bondage. It's silly. Don't worry about the other person, forgiveness frees you. Forgiveness does not change a past, but it does enlarge your future. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge your future. I want your future to be greater. Every time people come here, we say, hey, God has a plan for your life. Your best is yet to come. God's got a future for you, and God's got a plan for you. God wants to prosper you, and God wants to do a great thing. God wants to exceedingly abundantly more than you can imagine. You could think. God wants to do all those things for you, but if you're spending your time looking backwards, then you'll never have the future that God has planned for your life. You'll never get to chapter 22 if you're in chapter 15, still talking about chapter 7. You gotta not worry about the other person. You gotta realize that forgiveness, it frees you to live the life that God's intended you to live. Here's the thing, you didn't cause the hurt, but you can initiate the healing. You didn't cause the hurt, they hurt you. And they may not be initiating the healing. Track on me, but you can initiate the healing. I don't know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a bad example probably, but you, you, ever, you ever laid in bed before and when you're you're laying there and and you you just got too many blankets on you. You have that sheet on you. Then you have that, whatever that next one is. And then you have the third layer, layer, which I call that the stupid one. It's stupid because we only put it there so when people ever come to our house, they see that we have a nice thing on top of our bed. That's what it's there for. And 68 pillows. That's dumb, ladies. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, We've reduced that. We only have one, two, three, four, five. And my mom bought those for us. And so you can't really get rid of anything your mother or your mother-in-law gets you. This are gonna stay there, you know, until it disintegrates over time. And there's a thing over the top. Like that's, that's, that's the stupid one. And I think sometimes you know, we, God's called us to live these lives and we just have all this stuff sitting on us, all these offenses. And we can never be who God's called us to be if we're laying with all those blankets on us. But you know what I know about those blankets? You can begin to take those blankets off. You can do that. You don't need anybody else to do that. You can begin to peel back and initiate that healing that needs to take place. And for some of you guys, I don't know how many layers of hurt, how many layers of offense, how many layers of frustration you have on you. But here's what I know, and maybe I don't, you you didn't cause that. You didn't cause that. But that person that offended you, they're not gonna help you heal because they've already hurt you. And they've, they've done the damage. And now you're damaged. But you can make a choice to initiate the healing. Is that making sense? Just not like you can initiate the healing. Yeah. You can do that. You have, the, you have the right. I'm giving you the right today from God's word. You have the right to initiate your own healing. When you forgive, you heal. When you let go, you grow. Uh, We had a a birthday party for me two weeks ago. You can tell I like gifts because I'm still talking about my birthday two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I had his birthday two weeks ago and then two weeks later, it's my my daughter's birthday. She turned 10 on August 10th. It was her golden birthday. And on Thursday, I went and uh, did some marriage coaching and then I was in Maitland, so I called my brother-in-law who's launching Anchor Church in October. And I said, hey, you wanna get together and talk anything about church and ask me any questions? I don't really have all the answers, but if you wanna ask me any questions, I'll do that. And So I got done my, my marriage coaching at 7:30, and we set for the next 8:30, 9:30, about 9:45. I got a call from Diana, and it was one of those calls. where I was like, I'll, I know this call. I'm supposed to be doing something, and I'm not doing it. Which I get those calls every single day, so it wasn't like an alarm for me. I'm just like, Hey, what's new? And she goes, Hey. So she texts me, How's it going? Um, I'm like, I don't know. I'm a guy. It's going great. It's always going great. You know, like, what do you want? You want the whole dissertation right now, or can you let me call you with it? You know, and. I'm still learning, guys. And so she says, don't forget the balloons. Well, I'm like, forget the balloons? I already forgot the balloons. I got 15 minutes to get to the next dollar something, general, warehouse, store, whatever. So I get in the car and she says, get balloons. Now, Diana, she's frugal. I don't know, babe, get her about four or five balloons. I'm like, She's ten. Why would I buy four or five balloons? You know what I'm saying, Joe? Gonna, Joey says, "If you're gonna do it, you might. If you're gonna do it, you might as well do it right." He says it very loud. Yet, yeah. "If you're gonna do it, you might." As well. So I get ten balloons, and I walk in. I said, "I need to get." I call the guy. I'm like, "Hey, I'm like five minutes away, which is code for ten minutes." But I'm like, "Hey, I'm like five minutes away. Can you blow some balloons up for me?" And so I walk in there. He he says, "Yeah, just come in." I'm like, "It's gonna save you time, but you want me to come in and ask you fine." So I walk in. I see a bunch of balloons. I don't want to be that inconvenient Christian. So I'm like, Oh, there's 10 balloons. I said, don't worry about it. I don't want to put you out or anything. So I went in there. I I picked 10 balloons. So I grabbed the balloons. I take them to the house. Well, the next day Diana had another 10 or 15 balloons. She went out and got for this birthday party. Well, the birthday party was over. And one of my favorite things to do is to take the balloons and to let them go. I love letting those balloons go. I don't know why. How many of you guys like letting balloons go in the air? Is that is it just me? Okay, me and Coral. Thank you. Thank you. That was a sympathy raise. I'll take it. Anybody else can get any other hands? So um, some of you guys are just, you're just, you're too you're too mature to have fun. So you're like, ah, I've never let balloons go. I've never done that, I've done since I was three. We'll grow up or grow down, but you gotta relax a little bit. So I'm like, I like to let the balloons go. So I say, hun, we're at the clubhouse and we got the balloons. I say, Hun, can I go let these balloons go? I love letting these balloons go. She goes, No, we'll take them to the house. Why would we take balloons that these kids have already seen, put them in the car, again, 10 balloons, doing this thing to try to get them all in there, to drive a half a mile to her house, to take them out, to put them in the house, to let them sit there. I want to let the balloons go. Let me let the balloons go. And she goes, no, take them to the house. And so I just, you know, I put my head down, I rolled my eyes, and I walked away, you know. And it's okay if they don't see you your eyes right <laughs> i'm only 13 years into it so help me out scott's like this kid's an idiot and um i didn't do that i'm just kind of didn't roll my eyes i knew she was going to say no because typically can answers that i think are common sense yeses usually she says no to so i'm like she's like no i want to say let's take those to the house so i take the balloons i love i love the balloons because i love letting the balloons i like letting them go i like i just something about taking the balloons letting them go and i just love that so we are my 3 year olds, they like to let the balloons go I'm 35, I like to let the balloons go, and I hope when I'm 60, I just like letting the balloons go. I like to let them go, because they, they go, and who knows where they go? But I love my three-year-olds, because my three-year-olds go, like, oh, those are going to heaven. Those are going to heaven. I'm like, great, that's awesome. I love that, spiritual kids. They must learn that from their mom. We like to let the balloons go. They go all the way to heaven, and we'll let some balloons go today. They're, they're at the house, because my wife didn't let me let them go, but I love letting those balloons go. Well, I was thinking about that the other day, just as I was preparing for this, but I think sometimes forgiveness works a lot like letting those balloons go. And I just believe that God wants you and I today, some of us to let go of some, some balloons, let go of some, some hurts, let let go of some, go of some, some, ha- some habits or some, some things that were done to you. God wants you and I to let those things go. And here's the good news, by the way, Jesus will catch those hurts He's already died on the cross for the sins for them, but he'll catch those hurts and he'll begin to take those hurts from you. I, I, I wrote down this. Oh yeah, there it is. When you forgive, you heal. When you let go, you can begin to grow. And I don't know about you guys, but I want, you, I want us to be a growing community. I want us to be a, a loving community. I want us to, lo- want us to lo- be a loving community. I want us to go out these doors and be a loving community. But if we're walking around with chips on our shoulders or... Um, we're, we're walking around with, with unforgiveness in our heart, we'll never grow. If we don't forgive and let go, then we're not gonna grow. We're not gonna be that plan that we talk about, the best is yet to come. And God, wants to, God, God wants to give this abundant life. John chapter 10 tells us that in and, and Ephesians prayer and you know, and all these scriptures that we, that we speak to you guys and that we try to pray into you and that we try to share with you guys, if we never do these things, if we don't, if we'll never get there, if we don't forgive, it doesn't mean forgiveness, it's not about the other person. It's about your freedom. It's about your freedom and my freedom. I don't want to live, I want to live free. I want to live free because God designed me to live in freedom. I want to live the freedom that He's designed for me. And then but when we don't forgive, then we can't we can't receive that God, all that God has for us. It's like putting a block up, it's like putting a block up. Some of you guys in here today, you get automatic deposit in your paychecks, and that's good, you like, you like payday. Some people live for Friday and you get payday. <clears throat> but sometimes, I, I was on a trip recently and they, with my buddy Mason, they put a block on his, on his card. He was in Detroit, and trying to figure out why you were that far, using your card that far. They'll, they'll put a block on it. And I think sometimes when we live lives this this plan that God has for us is we put a block up and we can't get the access. We can't get all that we need. There's money in the bank. I mean, you just got paid Friday and it's Saturday. (laughs) There's money there. Guaranteed money in that bank. But when you have a block, nothing can come your way. No blessings can come your way. No more forgiveness can come your way. No more grace, no more mercy. We stop the of God's goodness. We stop the flow of God and we can't go out and get what we need to go out and get. We can't go out and be who God wants to be because we put a block on God. Let's let it go today. Let's let it go so we can begin to grow and be who God's calls to be. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes.